Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up your pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. Today in Cleveland, Ohio, the Voice of Prophecy Broadcasting Group is attending the 48th session of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. This 10-day conference brings together Adventists by the thousands from throughout North America and every world field to present reports and to plan for the next four-year period. Again today, you'll hear the music of the King's Heralds, Del Delker and Brad Braley. The Voice of Prophecy speaker is H.M.S. Richards. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't buy it's sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry or the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I walk beside him, for he knows what lies ahead. About tomorrow, I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. I don't know about tomorrow, it may bring.
Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy mercies. We thank Thee for the wonderful reports coming in from all over the world of Thy gospel going to earth's remotest bounds. Give us joy in Thy service today and guide us in Thy way of truth. In Christ's name. Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who bow before Thee, near to the heart of God. who are shouldering heavy burdens, there is good sound wisdom in the words of Del Delker's song. Just leave it all with Jesus. Just leave it all with Jesus, the failure and the sin. For he who died to save you Save you can bring you sweet. Re- 
Bob Edwards and Wayne Hooper of the King's Heralds join voices now to bring us Oh, It Is Wonderful. In his undying love, Christ came from heaven above, came to redeem us from death and despair. Come then, make no delay, turn from thy sin away, casting on him every sorrow and care. Oh, it is wonderful, so very wonderful, that we by grace should be saved through Son offers to ransom thy sin burdened soul, pleads with thee tenderly, willing to pardon thee, yield to his love, let him now make Here now with news about the 48th General Conference Session of Seventh-day Adventists, and his message for today is H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. Thank you, Orville Iverson. And just a word before our message today. It's really thrilling to be here in Cleveland, Ohio, at the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, a great world gathering, thousands of people here. You should see them in the Municipal Auditorium. The hotels are full, the motels are full for miles around. They've come from the ends of the earth. I've met friends here from the highlands of New Guinea, from Cape Town, Africa, from the teeming cities of India, from dear old London, from Paris, from Italy, from Australia. Here we have the voice of prophecy workers from our London headquarters, and some from Paris and other places and from the far ends of the earth, 
Friends are here who see the Voice of Prophecy group for the first time but have been hearing our voices and have come to Christ since last we met. Missionaries from all over the world planning for a great world evangelistic movement to cover the earth. We wish that all of you could be here. We hope that you will visualize it through this broadcast. Next Sunday, be sure and listen in, for the Voice of Prophecy will come alive again from the platform of the great auditorium, the municipal auditorium in Cleveland, Ohio, with a message fresh from this great gathering of missionary gospel workers, which meets once every four years. In the meantime, pray for us here that we may have a wonderful meeting according to the will of God. And now our message, meet yourself in the Bible. Have you ever heard of a turtle Christian? Professor J.A. Carlson, in his book, Your Body, speaks of hunger and says that a bird can go nine days without food, a man twelve days, a dog twenty days. A turtle can live five hundred days without food, some snakes eight hundred days, some fish a thousand days, and some insects even twelve hundred days. But sooner or later, food is necessary for all living creatures. When we think about this, we realize that there are some turtle Christians who go 500 days without feeding from the Word of God. There may be some fish Christians who go a thousand days, and uh, probably a few insect Christians who go even 1,200 days without partaking of the honey and bread of Scripture. We know that there are many bird Christians who go nine days or more without it. Let's think about this for a little while. Suppose, friend, we classify ourselves. It was the prophet Jeremiah who said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me, the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. Are you happy? If so, without doubt, there's a reason. But what about this idea of meeting yourself in the Bible? Well, it's this way. The Holy Scriptures show us what God thinks of almost every phase of human character. Every human act, every human attitude is in principle pictured somewhere in the Bible. The reason for this is that the Bible is a book for people, a message from God to all of us. Therefore, it gives examples of what people ought to be and what they ought not to be. One of the most interesting experiences in the world is to study the characters of the Bible. And when we do so, we are suddenly either shocked or intrigued to find that we are really reading about ourselves. For way down in our hearts, we're all more or less the same. The Scripture says that God fashioneth their hearts alike, Psalm thirty-three, fifteen. That means we're made alike inside. The Bible tells the truth about people. And it ought to encourage us to remember that the people of the Bible were like us, or rather, we're like them. The book of God reveals only one perfect man who ever lived on this earth, and that's Jesus. He was holy, harmless, undefiled, the Bible says. Hebrews 7:26. He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Galatians 1:4. All the rest of us are just people with faults and failures. Let's put it plainly, with our sins. For the scripture says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3:23. It's true the Bible is considered by many to be the world's greatest literary masterpiece. There's no doubt about that. But the Bible pictures people in every possible situation, old and young, rich and poor, prime ministers, obscure citizens, some educated, some illiterate, lawmakers, mystics, teachers, preachers, fishermen, 
priests, prophets, and so on. Yes, farmers. All sorts of life occupations. And studying these characters, we, we see ourselves. We see just what we're like. Anyone who will put aside his prejudices and really read the Bible with an open mind will soon draw the conclusion that he's facing life just exactly as it is. Take Adam, the first man. God made him upright. Did God coddle him? Did he make special allowances for him when he sinned and violated the law of God? No. Read the story for yourself. Adam was driven from the presence of God, cast out of the garden. Like the rest of us, he faced death, the wages of sin, Romans 6.23. There was David, the sweet singer of Israel, a man whose psalms have been a blessing to all of us. He honored God with his praise, wrote a part of the Bible, but when he sinned, God didn't cover up for him or condone his wickedness, no. But when he repented, he was forgiven, just like the rest of us. Read the whole sad story there in the scripture of his sin and uh, the happy story of his repentance. Is it not written in the Bible that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? That's a wonderful text, 1 John 1, 9. A wonderful promise. There was the apostle Peter, at first a rough, raw, sinful, cursing fisherman. Jesus called him to his service. Even after more than three years of careful training in the very presence of the Savior, he made a big failure. He went back to his job of fishing again. In his old way of talking, he cursed and swore, denied he ever knew Jesus, much less followed him. Then when he realized what he'd done, he broke down and cried. It seems that we can almost hear his great sobs of sorrow. Heartbroken and repentant, he was forgiven. I say thank God for the story of St. Peter the apostle, not because he was perfect all the time, but because as a man who might have been the greatest failure of all, he proved to be one of the greatest apostles of all. Just think about that for a while. And there was Judas. There wasn't much difference between his sin and that of Peter. He betrayed his Lord. Peter denied him. Sin is sin. But what's the difference between these two men? Just this. Judas didn't repent. Peter did. That's it. So it is with you and with me. It isn't the evil we've done that opens the door to destiny. It's what we do in reference to our sin. But the words of Jesus are clear. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Luke 13, 3. Then there was the holy apostle Paul. What a persecutor he was. What intense zeal. He tried to wipe out the Christian church. But the Bible doesn't leave him there. Jesus met him on the Damascus Road. His whole life was changed. His conversion was one of the greatest miracles of the ages. Soon he himself was persecuted, finally died a martyr's death for Jesus. But our time is almost gone. We cannot mention many of the dozens and dozens of other Bible characters in whom we see ourselves walking about town, living our lives. There was Demas, who loved the world and forsook the apostle. He left the church because, the Scripture says, he loved this present world, Second Timothy 4.10. Judas was a dishonest treasurer. He chose money in place of Christ. And there was Jacob, crafty, selfish, deceptive, double-crossed his father, had a hard time with his marriage, had to flee to a foreign land. Finally humbled and contrite, he found his way back to truth. He became the father of a family of believers. Solomon, with all his wisdom, didn't have common sense in some things. He did not make first things first. He loved money, wine, women, and song. Cain was not willing to offer the sacrifice which God had ordained. 
that brought the fruit of the field instead of the bleeding lamb. Haman, the selfish politician, willing to destroy a whole nation in order to push on his own selfish ambitions. Achan, the man who thought he could get by with his ill-gotten treasure, ended in disaster. Lot made a selfish choice. He and his family suffered for it. Abraham chose God while he had no certain dwelling place became the father of the faithful. Job was a man of wealth who went through a financial crash, lost everything in one day. Lazarus and the rich man lived in the same town. Lazarus had to be treated like a dog, but the dogs liked Lazarus. He was accepted in the other world, and the rich man wasn't. There was Pilate, the politician, who tried to be neutral for the sake of his job. They soon lost both his job and his life. The rich young ruler came to Christ, wanted eternal life, but wanted it on his own terms. He chose the wrong God merely because he liked his bank account more than he liked Christ. He was very sorrowful, the Bible says, for he was very rich, Luke eighteen twenty three. There are many, many more that we could mention. There was a man who was tempted but true Moses, educated, yet had to go and unlearn a lot of his education to follow Christ. There was Delilah, the seductor, Salome, the fickle dancer. On the other hand, Ruth and Esther, Mary and Martha, noble women in the Scriptures. There were true men of God, Elisha and Elijah, the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. There was a man who died for his faith, Stephen, first Christian martyr. Timothy, the young minister who followed the teaching of his mother and his grandmother. Nicodemus, a clean moral man. Jesus told him plainly he had to be born again. John, third chapter. Read the Bible, friends. See yourself walking about in its pages. You'll find just the help and advice and counsel you need. There's somebody in the Bible just like you. From reading these stories of ourselves in the Scripture, we learn that we all have possibilities, not only of great evil, but of great good. We learn that all men are sinners who need salvation. We learn that Christ can do with you and with me just what he did with the others. As he took Peter the fisherman and Saul the rabbi and made both of them into mighty apostles, he can take us, make us faithful servants of his. He took Mary Magdalene, made her into a noble disciple. So with all our instincts, desires, habits, sins, Christ can change. He can make us what we ought to be. What's your choice? What's your choice today? Jesus will help you. Will you not receive him as your Savior and Lord just now? The Bible says... As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Father, I stretch my hands to thee, no other help I know. If thou withdraw Shall I go? I do believe, I now believe that Jesus died for me and that he shed his precious blood from sin to set me free. Son, I now believe, oh, let me 
my varied wants relieve in this accepted hour. I do believe, I now believe that Jesus died for me and that he shed his precious blood from sin to set me free. Now we say, have faith in God, each empty life to fill. Have faith in God to see and do his will. Have faith in God who knows and loves us still. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We wish you well this week and trust our broadcast has been helpful. Listen in again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. We say, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.